Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and we've got a packed podcast booth today. Um, and I don't know what's going on in the back back there. What was that? Jeez. You... I, have, no, I have no idea. Is, is <laughs> somebody in the off? So go ahead. Is somebody in the portage on there? Is that what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's some kind of streaming video on ESPN. Okay, yeah, I have no idea. Okay, so anyway. uh, we we have. Uh, a new uh, podcast member, Matthew Mernan. Did I pronounce that right? Um, it's actually Mernan, but it's a common okay. mistake. I wouldn't worry about it. I, I put the wrong so. emphases on the wrong syllable, <laughs> which I've been known to. Hey, if if you know me at all, just the fact that I got your name right is is where it's a bonus right there. So uh, right. we got Matthew Mernan here. We've got Sam Meyer. We've got Evil Genius, and I'm Nate Smith. And uh, we just watched the Cavs uh, play their first full preseason game against the uh, Atlanta Hawks, the very mediocre Atlanta Hawks. And Cavs starters look great. Uh, I don't know. Everybody got to watch that. Uh, Cavs starters looked really good. Uh, Everybody else on the Cavs did not look really good. Um, It it was a little rough. But – E.G., uh, what was <laughs> what you like from the starters? Um, I like that Dwayne Wade looked pretty spry he in did. his 15 minutes of play. He missed a couple of easy ones, which 
you know, you you wouldn't think he would probably do in the regular season. But so he looked good. I thought uh, Kevin looked pretty good. You know, the second or the yeah, the when he came back in in the second quarter was a little rougher. But to start off, I, I guess I was just really impressed. I mean, they got out to that twenty-one to seven lead, and and it, Jay Crowder said it at the halftime interview, like he just felt like they could get pretty much any shot they wanted against Atlanta's starters. So, um, yeah, they, they seem to be firing, even without LeBron, firing on all cylinders for that first quarter anyways. Yeah, and they platooned the starters. All the starters uh, played just under 15 minutes and uh, were all plus well, None of them played in the second half, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, and then Atlanta started their starters uh, against the Cavs' backup unit and it uh it devolved quickly um as you said kevin love it wasn't even the it wasn't even the backup unit right it was like the backup backup unit cuz you had <laughs> rj and channing fry and yeah I mean, it wasn't like cuz cuz shump got hurt in the first half and then i mean realistically it was just like a lot of a lot of uh k felder and a <laughs> lot like- of it was a lot, a lot of, of Kyle, Kyle a lot of Kyle Korver and and uh, and uh, Calderon and and uh, Channing Fry missing a lot of shots. Yeah, yeah, and um, so the Cavs uh, starters plus seven, and everybody else uh, was. I don't. I think the only other guy they had finishing a positive plus minus was uh, Kendrick Perkins, who actually thought looked pretty spry out there. <laughs> He looked yeah, like he I was, was going to say he buried the lead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he lo- his weight loss should have been the headlines. He yeah. was looking pretty mobile there. He was. He definitely looked thinner than I remember him seeing in the last, you know, four years. Um, and he, he had some good defense around the basket. He was plus one in the game. Uh, seemed like he was kind of the quarterback of the defense when he was in there. And then when he was not in there, the, the whole – team was kind of a hot mess um i didn't really see him running an offense uh when the starters weren't in there it was just kind of just throw the ball around play a pickup game i didn't see a lot of pick and roll um i one thing that hurt them is kyle corver was one for eight and missed a lot of open looks um sam do you see anything i know you only got to watch the beginning of the game anything from the starters yeah (laughs) well (laughs) it's kind of funny the first thing that really struck me was uh one of the first uh one of their first buckets uh uh JR uh rejected a screen from Kevin Love and then hit him on a nice little slip pass for a three for K Love. And watching that I was like, Oh my gosh, Kevin Love and JR Smith are two of the longest tenured Cavs on the team right now. That just seems incredible. Um but JR Smith, uh the the Cavs uh or I I just think that uh First of all, the starters looked great again, like we said. Um, Derrick Rose makes me nervous as ever. Um, I mean, I guess he didn't take too many shots tonight, but I just feel like we've, with him and Green and uh, D. Wade and Shumpert, we've got a lot of guys who think they can shoot a lot who probably shouldn't be shooting that that much. Um, So I don't know how much you can take from this this game in general, just because LeBron's not out there and a lot of guys are playing out of their typical role, but um, I don't know. It The starters looked good. <laughs> I guess that's my big takeaway. But. What, what about you, Matthew? 
yeah, I mean, it was fun to see Dwayne Wade in a Cavs uniform and just to remind, you know, I haven't watched him as much in Miami just to, just to see how smooth he is, just that little turnaround and obviously, like you said, missed some of those bunnies, but um, fun to see Jay Crowder on the floor just because he's just so big and it does give me a lot of encouragement for, you know, his defense coming later in the season, not anything specifically he did, but just watching them play together as a unit. Uh, Chetty had that nice little post move that was kind of fun to watch. Um and for the for the bench, um, uh, I don't know anybody else that really stood out to me. Like you said, the the I, second I, half was just I've kind got of pick some, up. I've but. got some guys that stood out, but not necessarily in a positive manner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll say so. that um, the guy that drove me insane. There was a couple guys that drove me insane, but uh, we were talking about it on the live thread a lot. Jeff Green was. Uh, he, that guy never met a shot he didn't like. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, he's gonna drive me nuts this year. Wait, you tough. don't you don't like Jeff Green? I don't know if you knew this, but no. <laughs> I, my tweet was the idea of <laughs> Jeff Green is better than Jeff Green. I mean, he had three plays. He had three possessions in the first half where he just kind of completely hijacked the offense to go into like a fifteen minute isolation that in, ended up in a brick. Uh, which didn't thrill me. And then conversely, I thought Richard Jefferson, you know, made it a point to move the ball, uh, play good defense, cut, um, and was not always rewarded for that because a lot of times he was passing back to Kay Felder, who was oh my gosh, painful to watch. <sighs> Let's put it that way. Uh, he got his pocket picked several times, uh, bricked a lot of shots, and then hit some garbage time buckets to make his shooting percentages not look awful. But I think at one point he was like three for 11 and just looked abysmal. Um, the other guy that concerned me was uh, Channing Fry. Um, three for 12, missed a lot of wide open looks. Um, hopefully he can kind of come back and contribute something positive. Um, he was a very good bench player in the regular season last year and, and not, uh, so hopefully it's just, you know, one bad preseason game. Kyle Korver also one for eight, uh, one for seven well, for three. Missed some looks. I think to be fair to be fair on those guys, too, like, again, most of their time on the floor, you said it was shared with Kay Felder, who is yeah. not not a ball distributor. Yeah. I mean, that is, is not his strong suit. And and even, I mean, I, Calderon looks fast still, but he, he really didn't pass the ball well or – or shoot the ball well. So I think the two of, between the two of them manning the point in the second half, I mean, Corver and Fry are at their best when they have wide open looks from beyond the arc and none of the none of their shots they took felt like they were all that wide open. Yeah. They I all mean, felt they all felt pretty challenged. Yeah, the Cavs were running their offense through uh Corver in the second half and he he was forcing a lot. Um Yeah. And they were running basically those, uh, running that curl screen to get him free at the top of the key. And it was not producing a lot of looks for anyone else. I was really surprised at the lack of pick and roll. Do you, I mean, Matthew, did that seem intentional or is it just kind of, were they just playing casual or what was going on? Uh, I don't, I don't know how they, if they just do a lot of experimenting or they're just lackadaisical, lackadaisical when it comes to the preseason. But, I mean, I don't know what it 
Ty Lue has planned for preseason stuff or what he wants to accomplish or if he just wants to experiment with stuff or what. But, yeah, I didn't see much pick and roll. But but who's – but, Nate, who's picking on that in that lineup? Like, Well, yeah, no, very, very true. I mean – I mean, like, like your, your, your best – I mean – Jeff, you're going to count on Jeff Green to pick and roll. You're going to count on well, Zizic, you know, maybe Zizic. That's kind of his maybe. game, but yeah, no, I maybe, see but he only to... played Tristan Thompson. But he only played, yeah, but Z- even Zizic only played what like twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. Twelve yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah, I guess. But he had some nice moments. I mean, he, he had did. Some he yeah, he had some boards. Uh, uh, Chetty Osman, uh, eg, what you what do you think? He's fine. <laughs> I wasn't expecting much coming off of the back the back spasms. I uh-huh. figured like this would be his like you know welcome to not only welcome to the NBA Euro rookie but also you know good luck keeping your back straight. So yeah. I don't know. I mean for what it was it was fine. I don't think they they featured him at all and I don't think they will. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I think I think uh, I, unfortunately I think said he only plays all that much this year if someone's getting hurt. Yeah. I I liked his uh defensive energy. Uh I thought he was kind of like kind of a wild man out there. I I know Ben many times has referred to him as kind of like a Matthew Delavadova type. Uh he definitely reminded me of Delhi's rookie year. He was just kind of unbridled energy on defense, but for good and ill, I mean, it worked really yeah. well. And then he had other times where he just blew right by guys on a closeout. But had a couple of really nice passes. He had a really nice drop pass to uh, Moreland in transition. Um, or I'm sorry, John Holland. I actually thought John Holland yeah. had a nice game. Uh, he seemed a little steadier than than Jeff Green, but I'm 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 biased. I'll admit it. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking right now. Our I'm not even sure that Jeff Green's going to make the final 15. Yeah, so uh, he probably will. So that's the uh, big debate as who I don't think it's cut in, in stone at all. So do you think they, the him, Cavs but isn't he on the team? He's on the team because he's a Lou guy, right? He's a Lou and a LeBron guy. So Yeah, so he's not going anywhere. Let's well, let's figure him and Richard Jefferson and I don't know Zizek are probably your bottom 3. Yeah, the You mean pro- after the guys that that they that they just cut out right and send to the to Canton. Right. If, yeah. If they've got a 15 man roster, or I don't know, maybe Calderon. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the guy figure, that's going to get cut is either going to be Calderon, Jeff Green, or they find a way to trade Richard Jefferson. Felder, or Richard, Mont- well, yeah, Felder's already gone. I mean, I think everybody knows that he's, the, yeah. he's the 17th guy on the roster and, uh, Tavares is 18, who we didn't even see Tavares at all tonight. Um, right. And yeah. So one of the big, so for anybody who didn't get to watch the game, uh, Amon Shumpert kind of twisted his foot two minutes into two and a half minutes and about five different hijackings of the offense into the game. Um, he, he <coughs> hurt his foot and, it did not look good. It didn't it looked like one of those weird injuries like it where I don't know. I mean it's hard to describe. Like sometimes you just know a guy, it looks like he didn't twist it, but he came down on it really weird and it, it I would be surprised I would not be surprised if he broke his foot. 
from the way he came down on that. And medical injury, <clears throat> medical imaging on his injured left foot. Um, Cavs will know the extent of the situation tomorrow. So we will see what happens with Iman Shumpert, but that pretty much rules out any possibility they're going to be able to trade him, um, which I know many of us on the blog were, were hoping for, but it doesn't. Of course, Joe Varden is speculating that he's okay, but that that doesn't mean anything. I I just had a bad that, feeling that, about it when that he came down. That speculation helps no one, Joe Varden. <laughs> <laughs> I just I got a bad feeling he came down on it wrong, so I don't know. Um, although <laughs> although he, some people I'm not going to name names might feel as if a Shumpert injury might help the Cavs in the short term, but. Raise his hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought we, we've had, I know Mike uh, Mike Schreiner, not a Shumpert fan, and was really on him for the interview he had uh, yesterday where he was like, I need to be more aggressive and take over the offense more. <laughs> you, you have to figure Ty Lu saw those comments and just like started scratching his head. There's I, no way in the world that that conversation really went that way. There's really? No way. I, I you, you kinda... think there's any way Ty Lu was like, you know what, Iman Shumpert, based on how we, you've been the last year and a half with me as the head coach, I want you to take more shots and dribble more. I, I don't know. I mean, that that's whether you're giving Ty Lu credit or not. I'm trying to. You're trying to? I'm trying to. You're trying hard to be the shepherd? <laughs> I'm trying hard to do something. Because I, I could totally, I don't know. I just can't imagine that's how the conversation really went. And if it did, then, you know, God yeah. bless the Cavs were in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And I, I mean, it's not as if, you know, He's abjectly awful, and he doesn't have any skills. Or that Jeff nah, Green is ab- he's abjectly awful. <laughs> you, you'll go ahead. You'll take that stand. Yeah. I, I honestly, I was one of the biggest Shump fans when he first mm-hmm. got traded over from the Knicks, and I, I couldn't wait for him to get over his separated shoulder to contribute to the team and be that that defensive stopper, kind of that that Tony Allen in waiting kind of a guy. You know what? It's just never. It's never materialized. Well, we you always know where it went that, wrong, right? No, but he always had that reputation, and then for whatever reason, he decided, "Oh, I don't like." It's like it's like when comedy stars decide that even though they're funny, like people, they don't want to be the funny guy. Like they they want to be a serious actor. That's what yeah. Shump. That's what's happened to Shump. Like he was like, "No, no, no! Don't don't pigeonhole me as a defensive guy. I want to dribble around and take shots." And that's what's happened. Jim, well, the summer Jim after he uh, was syndrome. Yep, exactly. <laughs> sorry, the, the summer sorry, after that I, shoulder injury, wasn't he coming back in training camp and talking about how how he was going to be the backup point guard? Yes, I think that's where it all went wrong. But uh, it wasn't just his idea that at that point, like that was some cockamamie thing that Lou started. I think <laughs> that was that was Blatt still. That was oh, Blatt. Blatt, right? So, so, so maybe he should just you know go join Blatt in Turkey or wherever he's playing. <laughs> Hey, I've got like ten dollars. I'll throw towards a plane ticket. <laughs> Andalou ethics. In all seriousness. Unfortunately, Dan Gilbert would have to eat ten million or twenty million because it's two more years, right? Well, and he can and all the afford... taxes that go and all the taxes that go with it. So he can probably afford that ten million more than I can afford my ten dollars. So yeah. we all got to make sacrifices for the greater good, I guess. For I mean, sure, but. 
but I'm sure he'd rather he'd rather just say, "Fine, sit him on the end of the bench, and we'll cut, you know, we'll cut Calderon or or That's one fair. of the other guys whose whose salary isn't is inconsequential." Uh, yeah, I mean, Dan Gilbert is the guy who paid three million dollars for the rights to draft K. Felder. Oh my god! <laughs> no, it's only two. It was only two. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was only. Don't, I thought it was inflate, three. Don't be inflating K. Felder's value. I thought he paid the iron price. My apologies. No, I think he paid. It was like two point one or two. I think. Okay. Yeah. When, yeah. I mean, re, the maybe funny it cost thing, three overall with the with the taxes on that. But the funny thing about that is, like, you know, he would have just not gone gotten drafted and he would have been an undrafted free agent <laughs> oh for sure which is hilarious could have just signed him to a practice contract. yeah no yeah of it's course. funny though looking up and down our roster can you imagine this team in 2011 or 2012 uh, this is a huge tangent like like but, oh, with, with 2011 and 12 talent like back when derrick rose like, was the mvp and you Dwayne Wade was yeah. the front. and yeah, yeah. just take it back in time <laughs> I mean, Kevin Love, D. Rose, D. Wade, uh, Jr. Even Jefferson's better back then. Perkins is better back then. Not Corp to mention a not then. to mention a twenty-five-year-old LeBron. Uh, it, it'd be incredible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would be pretty. Good. I, it doesn't really have any relevance, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I I really like the starting lineup. I I love Jay oh. Crowder. Jay Crowder I, I is gonna, like yeah. such a glue guy. For them. Yeah, and I think I he's going to be like. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, man. I, I was just going to say, I think that he's going to be five times better with LeBron out there, too. Oh, absolutely. Because I think everyone kind of got in a mode where they thought they needed to do, do more to help contribute and more to help the offense get off the ground. And with LeBron there and that clear pecking order established, I think Jay Crowder is going to be even better once he gets back. So I'm really, really excited about that. Well, plus you'll have... You'll have LeBron in, at six, eight, or nine in there instead of either Wade or or Jr. Who are what six three and six five respectively. So you're definitely mm-hmm. going to have you know more, even more, because that was the only thing they kind of gave up in the first quarter as starters was some easy buckets inside to like uh, Deadman and you know whoever like. Uh, but but when you have LeBron out there, that won't be the case. But I agree. I think Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was, for me initially, was kind of the the, the player throw in, but you know clearly he's he's a he can be a special player, a two way player with the defense, and I mean he had two two of the three threes that he took tonight, and they looked strong. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Spacing, a... Definitely helps spacing on that in that starting lineup when since they're going to you know have to play Rose and or Wade at, at times. I can't remember a a player that was able to you know guard opposing small forwards, so LeBron doesn't have to be so taxed um, like Crowder that LeBron's played with. I'm I'm trying to remember, but it seems like a luxury LeBron hasn't yeah. had. Yeah, maybe, maybe Haslam Haslam early in the Miami days, maybe. Yeah, but he just wasn't as mobile on the perimeter. But uh, but I mean, he was a good defender. But <laughs> Larry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I mean, the, the great thing about Crowder is he can guard one through four. I mean, you can switch. Mm-hmm. He's a. I mean that that Cavs starting lineup is. You can switch. I mean, you can switch almost everything but a one five, 
and uh, you you have a hard time. Derrick Rose isn't going to guard bigger players, but you can switch a lot with that defense. Yeah. And no, Crowder is sort of Crowder is sort of. Um, I hate. I mean, if this is such a thing, he's sort of like Draymond Light almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Draymond and just about everything but passing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, defensively anyway. Yeah, and then you've got Kevin Even with Lo- the three. Kevin Love's defense, I feel like, has come a long ways too. I mean, he's yeah, getting, he's gotten his weak side rotations and his ability to read the play defensively. I mean, he had a couple steals tonight where he just knew the exact play that was coming and just stole the ball. Um, I I was really impressed with that. Um, Matthew, you got any concerns mm-hmm. about Love at the center spot? Um, I mean, we'll lose some of the rim protection, obviously, that TT provides, but just with the way the league has gone and everything, I, I mean, I just I feel like it's the right move. I mean, I'm sure they'll do a lot of experimenting, and there's going to be some downsides, but just going small and having enough shooting on the floor, since some of the times we're not going to have you're going to have Wade, and I, think, I actually think Wade's going to shoot a little bit better from three this year, just playing with LeBron, but, I mean, I think his previous high was like 31%. I'm sure I, I would... Van Gundy said the other day in... Uh, on the pod with low that maybe you could shoot like 40%. I don't think there's any way that can happen. Maybe 35, but just having that extra shooting on the floor, I think it's a good move, but we'll see how it plays out in the first part of the season. Yeah. I saw some of the warm up videos and Dwayne Wade was shooting a lot from the top of the key and you saw him walk into one of those shots tonight. So maybe that's where they kind of think some of his offense is going to be kind of that Shane Battier took a lot of shots from the top of the key yeah. when he was playing with LeBron. Um, I'm hoping a Jason Kidd type uh, turn that's a little hopeful, but just a little shades of that. But yeah. I don't know. Everybody keeps referencing referencing two years ago in the playoff series with Wade, and I know that's a small sample size theater, but it does cling on to a little hope and playing. I mean, a lot of people refer to that 2014 finals and how broken down Wade was then. But I mean, well, I think that I think I don't think it's going to be that way. The key for the Cavs, I think, is don't play Rose and Wade more than 25 minutes a night. I mean, both of them. Yeah, exactly. Just, just trade them out, have them run the point guard spot until uh, Isaiah Thomas gets back and, mm-hmm. and you know, just platoon them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I would go as far as even saying 20 minutes apiece and then throw the last eight towards uh, Calderon. And then once once Thomas gets back, bump them both down to 15 I like Calderon's ability to run an offense, but he, I don't know, he, he looked pretty rough in, Listen, the, in the yeah, third quarter. I don't, I don't have any illusions about the guy, but let's be honest, the first first four months of this season is going to be pretty much preseason for the Cavs anyway. Well, that's true. It's all about preserving these guys till the playoffs, and we've got so many injury risks on this team right now. Yeah, they it's kind of scary. Do a lot of injury risks, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, so, I mean, all in all, I can't get too disheartened about the game. I'm a little concerned about the back end of their roster, but I, I liked what I saw from Chetty, uh, and I don't know, Ante Zizic, uh, uh, Matthew, uh, anything, yeah. anything, uh, stand out for you? Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, this is the first time I've actually watched him play. He's big, <laughs> and he had uh, not as big as Mozgov, I don't think, but he's he's a big man. Uh, he had some good post moves down there. He got it stripped. Um, 
I don't really know what to expect from him. I mean, I honestly heard about him once the trade went through. So uh, I guess we'll see. I, I didn't notice anything particularly great tonight. But. CG, anything stand out? Um, the only thing that stood out to me about the second half, which I mostly fast-forwarded through, to be honest, um, was the fact that because of Ty, it's hard. It's really hard to judge because of Tyloo's hockey line changes, where <laughs> there's no there's no in between. Like there's no. It's either like I'm going with all the starters, or I'm going with the second line, or I'm going to do the third line to basically start the second half. So, and Atlanta had their starters out there, and it was really more. You know, it was a question of the Cavs weren't getting open shots. So they were just they were just jacking up shots. The the guys that normally make the spot up shots like Corver and and Fry and you know the 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 point guard play left a lot to be desired. And um, that I mean when you're when you throw out a lineup of of Channing, R.J. Uh, Felder. Um, you know, Calderon and, you know, and Corver, you're not going to really stop anybody from scoring. <laughs> no, and certainly no, not, true. and certainly not, certainly not an angry from his hookah bar fight, uh, Dennis Schroeder. So. <laughs> or an always angry Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore yeah. threw one down in the, oh, in the, God, oh yeah. And it was, what are you trying to prove, dude? It's literally the first preseason game and no <laughs> one's playing right now. But that's kind of, isn't that kind of the story of Kent Bazemore's career, too? Such a, he's such a punk, that guy. <laughs> isn't that Steph, one of Steph Curry's best friends, or am I thinking about somebody else? Probably. I always thought that was so yeah, you random. Might be right. punks, punks like to congregate. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, it's one of the most random people I've ever heard for Steph Curry to be best friends with in the league. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I didn't really see anyone on Atlanta that really stood out for me. Although Quinn Cook taking it to Kay Felder was pretty funny because the the Cavs hitched their horse to Kay Felder and pretty much gave up on Quinn Cook uh, on the charge. And Quinn Cook uh, ate his lunch that game. Um, <laughs> it was well, I thought I thought Torian Prince stood out for me. Yeah. I mean, he's a nice game, and he's a good young player. I think. I mean, they're I, by for all accounts, they're building around him and and Schroeder, I guess. So, you know, I mean, but when D- when Dwayne Deadman hit the three pointer, I was like, "Come on, man! Like, what <laughs> kind of game is this?" Yeah, yeah. I feel like any uh, at least when has Dwayne Deadman ever hit a three pointer? <laughs> that may uh, that's the only time I can ever think of it. Yeah, but I feel like for the first half of the season, every time we we play against a team who's just not even close to being in our class. I'm going to be watching or looking up and down the roster and just thinking, okay, is there any guy on this team that's worth trading for a first round pick? Right, right, exactly. And there was just nobody on this team. Maybe Torian Prince, if you really, really squint your eyes, but Uh, I don't think so. Maybe for for what they're, maybe for the Cavs first round pick, but not for the, not for the, the Nets. No. No, now that being said, there yeah. was there were several guys I was like, oh, he wouldn't be a bad third point guard, you know, like Josh McGetty. I thought looked pretty good, and Quinn Cook. But yeah. you also got to remember that's that's Calderon and Kay Felder guarding them, so <laughs> so it's it's hard to judge. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not too. I mean, do you think uh, Kay Felder that... thinks he's not special anymore because he's because he's not the shortest guy on the team anymore? 
<laughs> he's just lost yeah. his uh, Napoleon mojo. Lost his mojo. Yeah, yeah. it's like I hang out. Yeah, his place in the universe is like the short guy, and now he doesn't even have that. <laughs> I just hope we keep him so that him and Isaiah Thomas can play at the same time, and I think we'd have to have the smallest backcourt in the history of the NBA on the floor at the same well, time. Well, at, I don't at know. least since at least the, the since water the bug 60s, formation. Yeah, the water bug formation. Yeah, the Cavs run the wishbone offense. Dude, you can have him stand on each other's shoulders, and they still <laughs> wouldn't be as tall as uh, Porzingis. <laughs> Or at least not have the reach. Although that would be an interesting way to guard people. I wonder if they'd allow that. Like guy on one guy on another guy's shoulders, and that only counts as five. See, I, oh. I still want to have the play where they run uh, Tavares out there, and then they just run one of those guys through his legs so that uh, – <laughs> Student body center. Student body center, exactly. Yeah. Tavares isn't hurt, is he? I don't think so. I think he just didn't play. I, I mean, actually like feelings Tavares. probably. Sorry, his feelings are probably hurt. <laughs> My I mean, feelings Kendrick, are hurt. If Kendrick Perkins is getting more burned than you at this point, then that's that's a bad sign. That, that's yeah. not I good. actually <laughs> like Tavares. I think uh, on the right team he gets some minutes, but people seem to hate him. So I I think he's got some defensive potential, but he he is a big doppy condor on offense so yeah i just don't think there's enough room for a guy like that on a team that's starting kevin love at center you know i mean i'll agree with you yeah like it's just it's just somebody said the other day i I forget where i saw this but but maybe it was it was actually in the jay crowder comments he was being interviewed and was saying that you know in coming in he he sees Ty, ty ty lu already scheming to for how they're going to beat the Warriors, and that's all they really care about. And the truth is, that's all they should care about, because mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, it's amazing to listen to national media, like, wax on about how great the Celtics are going to be this year, and I gotta be honest with you, I think I think the Celtics are behind the Wizard and, Wizards and the and the uh, the Raptors as far, and maybe even Milwaukee as far as the pecking order in the East goes. I mean, they, they've got a lot to figure out with those guys, and they don't have a lot of defensive players uh, aside from Marcus Smart, but um, Oh, I agree yeah. with you, and, and their reba- they were the, one of the worst rebounding teams in the league last year, and they lost, like, their three best rebounders. <laughs> you know, three yeah. of their best rebounders. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get that team at all. Um, I think you're going to see a lot there. I actually got in a big Twitter war with someone last week and it was my, my takeaway line was, Oh, it's, it's cute that you think the Celtics are making the playoffs because they were talking about how the Celtics are going to beat the Cavs. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. So. So one of the questions I, I have, mean, they'll make the playoffs because it's, it's, it's East, but, yeah, the East yeah. is abysmal, but yeah, I mean, Atlanta could actually, I don't know. Atlanta's pretty bad. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what do you guys see the East standings being? I mean, who, who slides into that eighth spot? Hello. Oh, okay. You, we missed like the last 30 seconds of what you Yeah. You're, oh, I'm you're sorry. Not there for. Yeah. Oh, okay. My apologies. Uh, so my question was, who who slides into the Eastern Conference? Uh, who who's who's at the back end of that playoffs? I mean, is it Charlotte? Well, you want to rank them one to eight? And yeah, then let's rank them one to one to eight. Yeah. Well, 
So All right, well, let Cavs, me pull up the team. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the Cavs. Yeah, right? Cavs. I mean, I think we Cavs, Toronto, Washington, and Boston. Is that everybody's top four? More or less. I think Milwaukee could sleep, slip in there. Okay. I I think, okay, and then Miami, you got to figure that that takes Maybe. us to five. You think Miami? Anybody? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was just, I'm getting kind of ahead of myself, but anybody giving the 76ers any chance to sneak in, the, sneak in at the eight seed? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I think that's I mean, true. Yeah. I mean, it depends on Embiid's health, of course, but if, if he can yeah. at least play, uh, I don't know. 50 games or something. I mean, they could maybe have a chance, but we'll see. Yeah, top four, top five seem pretty clear cut. I think there's a pretty def- definite line under Milwaukee, yeah, but I would say that. And, um, and then there's like Charlotte, Detroit, Charlotte, and Detroit, Miami, and Philly. I, oh, I think, think Miami's a top six team, actually. I think Miami's probably better than Charlotte, and and right. I think actually Miami could sneak into the top five. And yeah, I, I mean, even though Dwight Howard had that um, that uh, full court dunk, I don't know if you guys saw that tonight, <laughs> but uh, I I don't think I think the Dwight Howard canter will strike again. I, I don't think uh, it's they're gonna make it. That's just me. But, I, I I I would not be surprised at all because he is a cancer. I mean, everywhere he's gone the last five years has been a train wreck. <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been saying it since before it was popular to say a cancer, and that Lee Jenkins piece didn't change my mind. It was really well written, but um, anyway, <laughs> that's a tangent. Um, where were we at? Number the number five seed, six seed. So yeah, I mean our top our, our top four are Washington. Oh, we didn't even put Washington in there. So yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, it was Cleveland, yeah. Washington, Boston, Boston Cleveland. Toronto. Right. Okay, and then you got Milwaukee as the five. And Milwaukee is the five, and then Miami, Miami as the six, maybe. And then seven, eight, you've got Charlotte and Detroit, Detroit and the Sixers. Or, or Philly. Or six, yeah, the Sixers. My, yeah. my opinion is the Sixers aren't going to make it. I don't think Embiid's ever going to be healthy. Is, is sadly, I, I yeah. think they're going to pay him a lot of money, and then he's going to go away. <laughs> The Greg, the, the Greg Oden of his generation. Yeah, he's going to get the Greg Oden deal. I mean, I'm the, really interested to see what uh, this uh, uh, Simmons and what's who, what's the Mark uh, Fultz. Fultz, yeah, Fultz, yeah. I'm really interested to see how they try and figure out those two. Yeah, I mean, each one thinks of the point guard. I think so. I'm wondering how they're going to resolve that. But I so. so many NBA offenses now are built around yeah. two combo guards anyway. I mean, you look at right. you look at the Cavs. I mean, that was pretty much their offense with LeBron and Kyrie. And then you look at a team like uh, Portland, same thing. You know, Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think that's as hard to figure out as it used to be. Right. Yeah, I'd love to see it work. It is when they're both rookies. Well, that is also true. <laughs> And and they're not going to stop anyone. No. And, and no. And that's but but I actually think but I actually think Brett Brown's a good coach. It's just he just hasn't had the the players to do anything with thus far. But we'll see. Yeah. So I got maybe Brett maybe Brett Brown's the next uh, you know Brad Stevens. Ha ha. 
<laughs> this guy. This guy. So I, guess, I can't wait to see Brad Stevens' head explode when he starts yelling at Kyrie. Oh, it's going to be so hard. fun. It's going to be very interesting to watch that dynamic. And and Kyrie is getting stranger and stranger. I don't know if, what what was the dude anybody? is getting stranger. Oh man, that full interview was outrageous. Would anybody Stay see woke. what was on? Stay woke. Bit, no, very much woke. Very much woke. Yeah, yeah, very much woke. It just has a strange vocabulary. He, now he's had that, yeah. especially in interviews for a long time. I think he tries to sound. He tries to yeah. beef up his vocabulary to sound smarter or something like that, but it just comes across as forced. A, a pretentious know, douche. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it's another very, way to say it. Well, I'm fitted in Boston. <laughs> the very true. definition of pseudo intellectual. It just the way he talks. And, I mean, he's just getting more and more liberated to say he's, things that he these crazy things. He's wicked smart. That one. He, he's wicked smart. What anybody see? Uh, what his uh, his hat said the other day? It said, "Yeah, popularity, popularity contests, contests are not truth contests." Like, oh my gosh! That boy finally came clean on the flat Earth thing and said he wanted to conduct this big sociological experiment and just yeah. see if and, people would call him an idiot. And guess what? If you say something stupid, someone's going to call you an idiot. It's not that. Yeah. It's not that experiment. <laughs> Jalen Brown was Jalen Brown was crushed. <laughs> Half of me thought that was what he was trying to do from the get go, but after that's how he ex- tried to explain it. Like, that's the dumbest explanation for that. Like, I was trying to see if people would call me dumb for saying the earth was flat. Like, <laughs> what did you expect him to do? Like, give you a medal or yeah. something like that? Like <laughs> To be sympathetic to your worldview? I don't think right. that's going to happen. <laughs> that's like me going out and saying, I think bacteria is not real. Go ahead and challenge my worldview. And if you do, I'm just doing a social experiment to see if you're going to call me dumb. Like, yeah. that's just... <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did anybody? Uh, did anybody? Uh, I'm still gonna miss his jump shots, though. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm I'm like sixty five percent in on the Kyrie revenge tour. I think it's there's about a sixty five percent chance of it happening. What do you mean, him going on revenge against the against who? Uh, I think it's gonna be like it would not surprise me at all if he if he kind of. Uh, realizes all that potential that that Cavs fans have kind of been itching for over the last three years. I think the dude's motivated enough to do it if he wants to. I don't. See, I, I don't think. So. I think it's the opposite. I think it's the opposite. I think he's gonna. He's motivated until he realizes how hard it is. See, part how... of me hopes it. He doesn't just because he's on a different team now. But I don't know. I you know I've spent a lot of time or a, a long time being a big Kyrie fan over yeah, these last too. few years. So part of me hopes he does. I mean, I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's going to be as calamitous as he, you know, when he was doing the first run with the Cavs and he had no help around him. And then right. with LeBron, he had the best player in the world with him, so he didn't have to do as much. I mean, he does have the you know have. Gordon but, Hayward and stuff. So I don't, I don't think his defense is going to change that much. But I could see his offensive production going up some, and then trying in the playoffs like he normally does. And if they play against the Cavs, maybe he'll try in defense in the regular season for his revenge tour. But against well, any think, other teams, I think, I think even money is on him getting injured and it not being and being a non-factor. 
that'll be, by the way, that'll take all the, the drama out of anything. Is that Kyrie, who we all know is injury prone. I mean, yeah. last year was the first year he played. Yeah, but he battled tendonitis the whole year. Yeah, I'm saying, like, yeah. that's the, the Kyrie we all know is, can be a wizard, is fantastic in the playoffs, and is usually injured at some point during the year. So right. if that happens, then, I mean, there's a, at least a probably a 50-50 chance that, that that winds up, you know, and then that'll be the that'll be the narrative. Everyone in Boston will say, oh, well, if only Kyrie was healthy, and then that'll be that. Yeah. I will <laughs> say fair. Boston fans do love their excuses. So... So did anybody see the uh, the Jalen Brown quotes on the Celtics? Uh, ba- yeah, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, oh, just abandoning uh, it and the cult and sort of kind of kind of culture, bag- yeah. bagging on the culture. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was great because if you're like me, I think Danny uh, Ainge is one of the biggest frauds in basketball. I've loathed that guy, and I was a Celtics fan, and I loathed that guy since uh, the 80s and the 90s uh, when he threw a basketball at Robert Ory's head, um, or at Sam Cassell's head. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, – I do not like that guy. I think he's the most full of BS person I've ever heard in my life. So it, I am I, – I'm all on board with your, your full-on hate train, E.G., <laughs> Celtics hate train. I'm I'm on the train. I'm I'm driving the engine. And don't get me wrong. I want I I want Kyrie to succeed. I still like him as a player, and I I liked what he did in Cleveland. And you know, Sam, to your point, like yeah, I mean, I'm in the camp of like yeah. I hope he figures it out and lives up to his potential. And I'll hate it as a Cavs fan, but I'll appreciate him as a as a basketball fan in general. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I've never, I've always hated Boston. I hated Boston from the day I knew what basketball was, <laughs> and I will hate Boston until they put me in the ground. So <laughs> that's just how I feel about them. Tell me how you really feel. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so one of the questions I had for you guys, uh, changing subjects a little bit. Uh, a guy who was kind of quiet tonight and definitely has had his role changed. Since uh, last year, Tristan Thompson, um, not starting anymore, coming off the bench. Uh, you know, Sam, what do you see his role on the team this year? Uh, and, and how does he kind of make the most of, of being a bench player? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it's easy to say stuff in preseason, but I think he's he's saying the right things now, talking about how he wants to be the sixth man of the year. And uh, he kind of took a little... Uh, underhanded dig at Kyrie, didn't he, when he said, uh, talking about Dwayne Wade, how he hasn't had lobs like that since Delhi was there. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's underhanded. Funny. I think that's overhanded. That's actually right. right-handed, even though he's left-handed. <laughs> but Properly-handed. I'm actually kind of excited for the prospect of D. Wade, um, T.T., and Corver kind of heading up the, the bench team. For the bench unit, because those are three kind of heady guys that, you know, it, it shouldn't work. It really shouldn't work based on what they can do. Um, but I, I think it's going to be kind of neat. I think Dwayne Wade's just smart enough to make that work 
for small stretches at, at a time. So, yeah, I think I think TT will do good as as the backup uh, backup center. So, I'm fine with it. I've, yeah. So what what do you think his minutes count is going to be? I think it'll still be pretty substantial. I'd say pretty close to 30 minutes every night. That's a lot of minutes. So he's going to play a lot with Love still. You think? Well, I think he's going to get every minute that Love's not on there. Okay. Or is not on the floor. So you'd figure that's at least. 15 to 18 minutes every night. And then they're going to find a, a spot for him, whether it's LeBron sitting or Crowder sitting. So I think he's still got five, five to 10 minutes every night with love as well. So. Okay. What about, what so, yeah, about you, uh, Matthew? Do you, any, anything to add to that? Uh, no, I mean, I see his role. I mean, his minutes basically being the same, you know, um, I mean, obviously the offensive rebounding still really valuable and um, it'll be interesting to just see how Ty Lu jiggers the lineups and how he makes it all work. And that's what I'm more worried about than anything else is him managing all that. But we'll see if uh, how he does this year. Um I was going to say also, I don't know if you guys play uh, NBA 2K at all, but the new one, after the Dwayne Wade uh, acquisition, they put the Cavs above the Warriors as the number one team in the game. So if that's any prognostication of what's to come, then <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I don't take that worth anything. <laughs> so kind of one of my takes on that was I, I, I like what you said about the, the Corver and the TT, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Herculoids lineup where you had yes. Sean Livingston at the point running a lot of point out of the post. And that's something that Dwayne Wade can absolutely do. Um, yeah. Now, he's got to play with good passers, and fortunately, Corver is a good passer. So I could see a lot of, you know, give the ball to Corver on a rub, and then Wade gets into the post, and either Corver swings it to the top side or kicks it to Love in the post. Um the only problem that is, where do you put Tristan Thompson in that? Um, I mean, do you have him cut in weak side? What are you doing? But I, I definitely he's on, he's he's on the bench taking care of his baby. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you couldn't. I was like waiting. How long can EG go before he, he makes a Kardashian joke? <laughs> Come on, he's got plenty of time now. To, to I let, although I I I do like that that he came right out and said I'm going to be the sixth man of the year. Yeah, I, which I I applaud, but yet I don't think there's been a six man of the year that isn't a scorer of some kind. Not not so sometimes. That's that's probably not going to happen. But I like that that's his attitude. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I and he came. I mean, he only started what thirty some games when Mozgov was was uh, was here two years ago too. So yeah. you know, it's not like. It's not unfamiliar territory for Tristan. Right. Yeah, and he yeah. finished a lot of games, too, though. I mean, he he was in a lot he of crunch time still, lineups then. He probably still will. Cause yeah, I was going to say, depending on the matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of hope he embraces that Andy role of just, you know, nonstop energy when he comes in off the bench. Um, I always kind of felt like one of Tristan's problems as a starter was he really, like, you could tell right from the tip a lot of times when he didn't have the energy. Yeah, and it was like, and and when you're in that bench role, you kind of have to bring that. So hopefully, hopefully we see that a little bit. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. 
Uh, I was just going to say he had that inexplicable stretch in the finals last year. I don't know if it lasted for two or three games or he just wasn't showing up. That was kind of strange. So hopefully there, uh, there was, was more than one Cav that had that problem. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what was that, EG? What was it? What nothing. Was your... nothing. 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 No, nothing. Just keep my mouth shut over here. Uh, <laughs> well, those those mouth shut podcasts are always really interesting. Yeah. No, no, I just didn't want to, you know, intrude on the TT conversation. But, anyways, um, <laughs> wait, Nate, you were gonna <laughs> you were gonna ask us what our biggest. Uh, so yeah. What our- yeah, so your biggest NBA surprise this year and your biggest NBA disappointment, EG, what what do you got? Uh my biggest NBA surprise this year is that uh I actually think it's not a big surprise. I actually think that um the uh, I think the Bucks are going to be a top 3 team. Okay. My biggest disappointment is that um, no matter it doesn't matter that that any of these these super teams can I, I think I think OKC is going to be a debacle and hasten the the uh, Paul George departure to Los Angeles, thus fueling the rumors. Whoa, EG comes out swinging. That yeah. that's a big prediction. So uh they're going to be worse than last year. That's your prediction? Yeah, I don't think they're going to figure out how to share the ball. It's going to be the same thing that happened in New York with Melo. Interesting. So do you think Melo yeah, Well, and they can't move. I, I think him. I think ball, I think Melo's Melo will get frustrated first. <laughs> and then and then because and then Russ will just take more and more on himself and then eventually Paul George will get disgruntled. And it'll be that same team, only with guys that that know they're not sticking around. Interesting, interesting. Who who was piping up there? Well, I was going to say I I think Paul George is good enough that that alone is going to make them a better team than last year. He's good enough on both ends, and he's he's been second dog on teams before. I mean, it's been a long time since he's been played second fiddle, but I think he's good enough and motivated enough to get a big contract this offseason that he's going to play well regardless. Because even if he decides halfway through the season that he doesn't want to be with Oklahoma City anymore, it behooves him to play well to get a big contract from the Lakers or wherever he decides to go. Didn't help him last year. <laughs> well, he no, had a great true. regular season. He just he did, and he still didn't make the all-NBA all team anymore. Well, I was going to say, he had a great playoffs. <laughs> he on he his scared the heck out of me and. the... Uh, in that in the round against the Cavs, he was Except easily the second best the player on the winner there, or the game tire. That's just, just it, though. Paul George is going to get a gigantic contract offer from the Lakers, no matter what. You so, think? does it matter if he has a good year or not? It's better for the Lakers if, they, if he doesn't. Right, it is better for the Lakers, but so I don't okay, know. Sam, who's your big uh, NBA surprise and your big NBA disappointment? Yeah. Um, as far as surprise, uh, I don't know if this really counts as a surprise, but I think the Nuggets will be a lot of fun this year. Oh, yeah, I'm totally with you on that train. So I don't know if it's really a surprise, but I think they're going to be every bit as fun as people are, are talking about. Um, and I'm not as down on 
on the uh, on the uh, Thunder as EG is. I think they'll be pretty decent. I, I'd give them a top five seed in the West, but I think Minnesota is not still not going to be great. I'm just not on the the Wiggins bandwagon, and I'm not on the Jimmy Butler bandwagon. Um. So I think you know everyone was calling for 50 wins last year. I think they're a little bit tempered this year, but I would I wouldn't surprise me to see them get another sixth or seventh seed again this year and just really not be a, a, a force at all. You think so they'll that's make my, the playoffs, huh? I think they'll make the playoffs, but... I, I think, think the they could the, very easily miss the playoffs. People forget how loaded the West is. I mean, the West is ridiculous. Well, then, well, we already did this with the Eastern Conference, that, so let's do it with the West. Who's your top <laughs> eight, then? Okay, so we've got number one, clearly... Well, wait, wait. Why don't okay. you guys answer the the question that we're on first, and then we can go to <laughs> okay. that. Okay. Let's so, not derail. Yeah. Or de-wade. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so that's your big surprise. Who's your big disappointment? Oh, your big disappointment was, was uh, the the uh, Timberwolves. Right. Okay, so Matthew, who's your big surprise? Who's your big disappointment? Um, I mean... Uh, it's hard. To, I mean, biggest surprise. I mean, and just in terms of my mind, still in the off season movement. I mean, I'm. I was still shocked that Kyrie wanted out, and I mean, that's going back to the Kyrie thing. So I'm just going to be really interested to see what happens there. Um, my biggest disappointment um, is just that the Warriors exist in general, and that everything's predetermined unless <laughs> some cataclysmic injury happens. So. Um, I know that's a defeatist attitude to have, but it's, you know, that's why I have some hope for the Thunder and have some, you know, I probably irrationally cling that they have a better chance than they actually do. Um, you know, I, as far as when you got to turn about the thunder, or thunder earlier, no one's, you know, hating on Carmelo Anthony longer and harder than I have, but I'm hoping that maybe he can fall in line with a clear alpha male structure with Russell being the man and hopefully just falls in line. I don't know if he can adopt his actual game in terms of playing off the ball and stuff like that um, in actuality, but I'm hoping that he has the right mentality going with this team and then Russell and Paul George just do their thing. And I mean, I would, I would not put it past this team to win, I don't know, 55 games, but then again, they still have 2.5 stars while the Warriors have four stars. So it's, it doesn't really matter in the end probably, but that's kind of a tangent, but that's basically where my mind was going with that question. <laughs> How about so, you, Nate? Uh, so my big NBA uh, disappointment, I'll start there, um, is going to be Lonzo Ball. Uh, I think he <laughs> is – so the guy reminds me of Ray John Rondo with less of a jump shot and shorter arms. Um, so I, I think that – he is a very incomplete player right now. His his jump shot mechanics are awful and it is very hard to be a non-scoring guard in the NBA right now. He'll make a lot of nice passes. Uh, he won't play good defense and he'll lose a lot of games. Um, Kyle Kuzma might actually be the better rookie of the two. Um, so I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a big di- disappointment as a rookie, at least in terms of when it comes to winning games. And then, 
but you won't be able to tell Lakers fans that they'll think he's the second coming. And then uh, my big NBA surprise is I'm just going to say Utah Jazz. Um, Rudy Gobert is going to be Ow. a legit MVP candidate. That that's my that's my big take. Wow. I'll just go. I'll just go. I'll swing for the fences. <laughs> that 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 qualifies as swinging for the fences. I'll yeah. give you that. Because well, I was just about. <laughs> I was just going through the West and thinking, okay, who are teams that are definitely out? And I put Utah as one of those teams. So interesting. I, yeah, I think, I'm with you on that. I think Utah's out. Okay. Well, I'm 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 a big believer in they're going to be the best defensive team in the NBA. Who's their second best player? Um, Rudy Gobert. No, their second oh, best. Player. Uh their second best player. Sorry, um, Ricky Rubio. Sorry, I knew that. Yeah, that's were... that's that's the problem right there. They got Millsap, didn't they? No, they did not. No, he went, to, he went to Denver. Denver. He went to Denver. That's right. But, and then they got Rodney Hood. They've got... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I'm saying they've got... Because they've got, at least Hayward gave them offense. Yeah, I don't know they've how got they're gonna Joe Ingles. Now. They're going to be winning Joe games. Joe Ingles, the Australian bomber. <laughs> they're going to be winning games 90 to 85. So... Um... Or, losing, or losing them uh, 90 to 85. <laughs> So yeah, that's gonna be that's that's mine. Um, I think Ricky Rubio is gonna have a big season, and they're gonna be the best defensive team in the NBA. So, and and if this was nineteen, or if this was two thousand seven, that would be a great pick. But it's not. Yep. So. Or nineteen ninety four. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But um, but I want to get crazy. I want to get a little crazy. No, no, that's so, safe. But, you're you're yeah. within your rights. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, so we had the, we were going to go through the West. Um, yeah. So we're all, so top three, Golden State, San Antonio, Houston. Are, yeah, that's anybody... no brainer there. Yeah. Okay. No, so... that's solidified. Yep. Okay. So yeah. number four, uh, who slides into number four? I'm going to say, I would say that, uh, that's where Oklahoma City winds up. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Denver. Ooh, big jump for Denver into a top four Actually, team. When we have Spurs at three, right? Uh, well, or Spurs or I would say the third best out of those three. Yeah. yeah, I think I actually have the Thunder over the the Spurs this year. Really? So you're yeah. Thunder in the top three? Yeah, I'd, I'd say third. Yeah, yeah. Golden State one, Houston two, Thunder three, Spurs four. I mean, I should have too much respect for the Spurs and never doubt them every year, but I just, uh, with some of Kawhi's concerns just in the beginning, I mean, he'll probably be all right, but he's just going to have to be superhuman, I feel like, to, to finish third. And of course, he will be, but that's kind of where I have him right now. Okay. Um, number five, then. So we've got a, a general consensus top four. Who's number five? So candidates, well, I, Clippers, Jazz. I think that's. Nuggets. I think that's where. I think that. I think five is where OKC is going to be in my on okay. my list. So so our consensus five. So where do you got the Nuggets, Sam? Uh, see five, five, six, and seven. I've got between the Clippers, the Nuggets, and I think the Grizzlies are still going to be pretty decent. So I'd put those three there. Okay. What about you, Edie? In, in some kind of order. 
Yeah, some order. I would go. I'd probably go Clippers. Um, I'd probably go Clippers. Then, um, uh, when we say no, yeah, Memphis. And I'm gonna go with surprise team. Uh, so with seven, I think it's gonna. I think uh, the Mavericks are gonna be there. What? Wow! Wow! Who do they have? A lot of young guys and Dirk. <laughs> okay. A lot of people are high on that Smith Jr. guy. Uh, I love Smith, that guy. Smith Jr. is is going to be interesting, um, but they don't have a lot of wings. Is their big yeah. problem? But okay, so um, I guess so. Portland are they out of the playoffs? They well, probably think- the eight, probably eight seed. Portland and, and Minnesota then, I think, are duking it out for the eighth seed. And you guys all think Utah's out, huh? Yeah. Wow. No I think Phoenix, L.A., uh, Sacramento, I don't think New Orleans is going to get it together. And I think no, Utah. Boogie's, Boogie be traded before the uh, deadline. Yeah, I, so. I, I'll agree with you there. I don't think that's ever going to work. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say those Where does he go? Where does he go though? Where does Boogie go? I know everyone say would say knee jerk and say Cavs. I don't oh, I see that it, happening. I hope not. Oh God, I hope not. No, but where could he go and make a difference? Now um, let me make a caveat. If we're just trading him for Shump, no, I'm okay. No, no one's doing that. No one's doing that. Um, uh, maybe Shump, Shump in the Nets pick, maybe. But what if what did they trade him? What was the trade from Sacramento to? Uh, to New Orleans. It wasn't a ton better. You know who I think gets him? Kay Felder. No. Two no no no. The two the two teams I think could wind up with Boogie. In the in the East, I would say the Wizards. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I in the just West don't know what they have that they'd want. And, and in the West, I'd say the Mavericks. I'd say Cuban could figure out a trade for Boogie. Yeah. Well, I, I think a dark horse in the West would be um, the Lakers. Because the Lakers have a lot of young assets. Um, and the great thing about Boogie is that they would get his bird rights. and But he would still be a free agent at the end of the season. They're only, they're only trading for Boogie if, if, they know they, if they know they can't get LeBron. Well, that that would also be the case, yeah. I'm just saying, the selling price for Boogie Cousins, I do not think is going to be very high. Because Jesus, they traded him for... Depends on who the team is. Depends on who the team is. Well, they traded him for Tyreek Evans, Buddy Heald, Langston Galloway, and then a first and second. And that was for a year and a half left on their contract. Yeah, because it was Vivek Ranadive who was... (laughs) Who was trading, trading him. Still, that was the best offer that they got hypothetically, right? If that's the trade they did, that's the best offer they got. And he still had a year and a half on his contract. There's no way his trade stock has gone up since then. Again, it all depends on the desperation of the team that's trading for him. That's true. The Pelicans Pelicans were only... The Pelicans were were the only team desperate enough to even give up that much because they thought, hey, we got to throw a bit of a Hail Mary here to, to show Anthony Davis that we're serious about winning at some point. Right. What about the Knicks? (laughs) <laughs> oh, God. I can't imagine they they'd be that dumb. But Maybe they would. Oh, come on! <laughs> come yeah, on. but you don't mean that. No, I can literally imagine they'd be that dumb. <laughs> like, 
Like, I think their GM's really good, but somebody just cattle prods Dolan, and he just wakes up one day and decides he wants to trade for Boogie, and, and that's that. Yeah. See, I would more expect one of these teams that, like, has a lot of a lot of uh, trust in their culture, so maybe, like, a Miami. Indiana. Well, Miami or... doesn't make any sense because they've already got uh, Whiteside. Oh, I'll, I'm just, that, that'd be more yeah. of the team that I would expect to take, to take a little bit more of a chance on Boogie. So a Miami or a Dallas or Toronto. Um, oof. I don't or, think they have the assets. So but. capped out, aren't they? And they, yeah, they don't have much they could trade back unless, unless the Pelicans will be willing to take like Jonas and, and I'm not going to lie, Toronto would, would be second on my disappointment list. I could definitely see them taking a big Six slide back this year. The other team I think could do it would be Boston and giving up Horford. Yes, that's what else I was going to say. They're another team that kind of believes in their culture enough to to try and make a trade like that work out. Uh, not a, not if you ask yeah. Jalen Brown. He doesn't believe in the culture. <laughs> <laughs> my my sure name for you, EG, is... You should just change your name to Shadecaster. <laughs> is it? Hey, get ready for a new EG this year. That's I'm, I'm all about the shade now. Oh wow, <laughs> he's putting the evil back in genius. That's right. That's right. Well, coming from a, a guy who's not even, who's barely in his mid twenties, can we really trust a kid who's not even twenty yet? Like, who, who are you who, talking about? Who's uh, Jalen Brown? Oh, oh, oh. Jalen Brown said said he agreed that the world was flat. Jalen Brown is full of hot air, man. Is Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown is. I don't know. I mean, he's the he's the only one still rocking the Shump haircut these days. So he's about <laughs> ten years behind the times. So uh, finishing out our Western Conference ratings, I I got Utah top four again. Top uh, four, jeez, dude. Well, they were number on. four last year. Yeah, and they had Gordon Hayward and a bunch of other things go right yeah. for them. And they had some teams that kind of, quite frankly, sucked in the West last year. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and then I'm going OKC, uh, probably Clippers, Nuggets, and then 8C Timberwolves, which leaves the Blazers, the Pelicans, and the Mavericks all out in the cold. Don't sleep on the Mavericks. And the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are going to be out in the cold. Really? Even with, with Gasol and... Uh... And your boy uh, Conley. I, Listen, I like Gasol I, I and Conley, but they get hurt every year. I hope that, that happens year so bad because if they start losing and decide they want to start imploding, I would scoop up Conley in a heartbeat. Yeah, my my hope is Conley or um the other uh McCollum from the Blazers that they decide they they get they got to blow it up. I'd be shocked to see that. I would be shocked to see it too. I think they'd trade Lillard. I think Conley's they... a possibility though. Yeah. No, I do too. Um but it would require the Nets pick. So I'm, I'm okay, okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that too. Yeah, Nets pick Thomas and we need to trade a lot as far as cap space goes just cuz Conley's contract is so huge, but Yeah. Yeah. So uh so we kind of beat that horse to death. Um, so anything you're looking forward to next two weeks, uh, probably about four games of preseason. Um, Sam, 
Anything you want to um, see from the Cavs before the regular season starts? I want to see no one get hurt. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I just as as much as the regular season's a bore, the preseason's just barely even entertainable as far as the Cavs go. So, oh yeah, no, I'm so glad the, the preseason season. is so much shorter this year. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, the yep, preseason the literally only season. like nine games or nine days this year in terms of games. It's so much better. Now I am very, very excited for the season opener. Oh, me too. But yeah, that's probably the next thing I'm looking forward to. What about, what about you, Matthew? Um, uh, what do you yeah, want to I see mean, for I, the Cavs? Um, well, unfortunately, I'm going to be uh, in vacation in L.A. coming up here October 3rd. 13th through the 22nd, so I don't think I'm going to be able to watch the season opener, which really sucks. But we we have TVs schedule. in LA, Matthew. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just going to be busy. I think doing shit that night. Unfortunately, it's not. But, it's um, not Puerto Rico. Wait, wait. What are these foreign things you speak of? These TVs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, if you need me to pull off some kind of diversion, I'm I'm all for I'm all for that. I'm I'm up for hire. <laughs> That's where you live, right? Yeah. Okay. How long have you lived out there? 20 years now. Oh, nice. Cool. Either way, I just hope LeBron destroys Kyrie that night. It'll be very entertaining (laughs) to watch. So So. you don't care care (laughs) nothing of the preseason? Uh, No, not much. I mean, no. It just is hardly much you can derive from it. You know, I mean, I, I still pay attention to what's going on, but... Yeah, just getting the guys some reps and and getting them in condition and getting the yeah, sets and everything. Yeah, I'm excited for like the first preseason game, and then that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I even watched the wine and gold scrimmage the other night, which actually was better than that game we just watched. But uh, but yeah, I'm I guess my only big takeaway from the preseason, I want to see some actual sets. Um, I want to see have an idea what the rotation is going to be. And I want to see. Uh, you remember Ty Lue's the coach of this team, right? I know. Hashtag shade. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I want to I want to trust Ty, but I don't trust Ty. <laughs> and and my my buddy says it's because he looks like a goldfish, and you can't trust anybody that looks like a goldfish. But I don't even know what that means, but. Uh, I think that's, that's an old strange. Chinese proverb. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen that somewhere. It's true. It's true. We may edit that out, but I I I love Taiwu. <laughs> he uh, wanted wanted what the goldfish part or the <laughs> Chinese proverb part? <laughs> Probably the whole thing. <laughs> um, I love right. Taiwu, but he's he just consternates me. So I I don't know what to say beyond that. But yeah, everybody stay healthy. And I want to see some Chetty Osman. So that's um, one of my two big well, things. All, all I want to see is LeBron take his walking boot off and hand it to Shumpert. <laughs> and then I want to, it's, but I, I want to see everybody stay healthy except for Iman. And um, what was the other part of the question? Uh, there was no other part. Oh, it's just it. what, what are we hoping to see? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more Jay Crowder. Yeah. Sets. Well, and oh, and one caveat: I want to see a, a lineup of Rose, Green, Shumpert, 
um, Kay Felder, oh. and who do we want to throw in there as the fifth man? Tavares. Uh, Tavares, yeah. Let's see that five for just like two minutes. World might end. Well, I think it'll just make us appreciate the rest of the season so who, much more. Who was the guy that the Cavs had? Um, oh, he was. Oh, they had him like the LeBron's rookie year. Who was the guy they brought in at center? Uh, Haywood, Brendan Haywood. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when he played in yeah. preseason and he threw yeah. that pass that was like twenty yeah. feet above somebody's head? <laughs> yeah. That that's what that lineup would be like for like five minutes. They might physically fight over the ball at some point. <laughs> they it might. Is, it is true. That would um, be great. I really want to see that now. And the other thing I will say, I want to see Richard Jefferson still be a Cav after preseason. Yes. Because yes, I, you're going to be bitterly disappointed. We, uh, I know. We can't. We can't live without the road trip and podcast. You can't account for the more. The morale yeah. that gives the team a- absolutely, <laughs> and, and I am so. I watch one game of Jeff Green hijacking the offense, and it's driving me nuts. So, anyway, he's bad. <laughs> he's, he's been bad for five years. Yeah. It's <laughs> who are you guys more optimistic on, Rose or Green? I'm assuming it's, Rose. Oh, Rose. But, yeah, yeah. Rose. Rose can at least still kind of play like an NBA player. Yeah, and everybody's talking about how he's in really good shape, and he's he's flying down the court. So he was aggressive tonight. He was especially in the beginning. I I want to see nice the Cavs. I I just want to see once the Cavs go like super small and play like LeBron at center, and then Wade at and uh, Crowder at the forwards, and then and then uh, Rose and um and uh, it at the guards. <laughs> The, that is pretty small. That is a lineup straight out of two K eighteen, right? <laughs> that Just is, go, yeah. Oh, yeah. you guys want to go small? We'll go ultra small. Yeah, that is that we'll is. Go micro, we'll go microscopic. That that is uh, that's a video game lineup right there. Yep. Hashtag okay. microscope. Okay, EG. <clears throat> rounding the stretch here is this podcast getting long in the tooth? What right do you got on, to pitch? Uh, go, Blade see, Blade, go see Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Have you I've seen heard... it yet? I have not seen it, oh, but I I've okay. heard extremely good things from people that I trust. Yeah, I want I want to see it too. I'm going to try and catch uh, the original and then go see it this weekend. So, uh, uh, Matthew, anything you want to pitch? Um, yeah, I mean that's my exact plan with Blade Runner. By the way, um, uh, I recently saw a Mother. I thought it was really good. It's pretty polarizing. Some people hate it. Yeah, I hated some it. People, the new uh, some people like it, but. Yeah, the new era. I, I don't like a lot of Aronofsky, but I enjoyed it. But uh, I can see why people don't like it, but um, I enjoyed yeah. it. It's a big middle finger to the audience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, like, uh, sorry, sorry, you paid your money to come and see this. Here's, <laughs> here's your here's your punishment. <laughs> Sam, what about you? Anything to pitch? Oh, geez, um, not really. <laughs> I, I. On a separate note, I thought the uh, Cavs uniforms didn't look as bad as I expected them to. So, oh, good point. I, I guess that's something to pitch. Absolutely, I like the way the ele- the ones looked with the little point on the ones, kind of yeah. like yeah. They all yeah, were rocking the pitch. white tights to go along with it too, so that was kind of <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> yeah. So I guess my pitch, uh, I got to, I went to a bachelor party weekend in Cleveland last weekend. I got to say the butcher and the brewer. You're going to have to edit, you're going to have to edit this out as well. No, no, no. I'm going to keep in all the uh, PG rated parts. All right. So the butcher and the brewer was fantastic. Um, Mahal's out in Lakewood, which is a, uh, a vintage, uh, bowling alley out in, uh, out in Lakewood is fantastic. Uh, 20 lanes. They've got a concert hall. They were doing ballroom dancing night where they're there. They got ball returns from the fifties. It was just a, you keep score by hand. It was really cool. Um, and then 16 bit bar in Lakewood, which is a eighties and nineties arcade. Uh, and, oh, yeah, that place and is beer. great. Yeah. And nice. they've got great beer. Uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, butcher and the brewer among the best restaurants in Cleveland. Uh, just phenomenal food. So, uh, Cleveland, great town to hang out in. So, um, yeah, just wanted to pimp Cleveland a little bit. So nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and, uh, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. And we're out. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but If you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.